Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. As a member of the Bluegrass Folk Collective Tin Hat, Mark Gordon's vibe for American music or Americana music was sought out by Alec, director Alexander Payne. Horns, acoustic strings, and organs are some of the primary elements, elemental in- instruments fueling the musical emotion of the story behind the film Nebraska. Orton is a composer working in the medium of film, scoring, concert music, radio drama. He's a multi-instrumentalist performing in all manners of guitars, keyboards, percussions, and is co-founder of the musical collective Tin Hat. He is a part of, uh, been a writer on such films, a music writer on such films as The Good Girl, Sweetland, Buck, and a couple of upcoming films, including Redemption Trail and Drunk Drunk Town's Finest. But he's here today to talk to us about his work on Alexander Payne's Nebraska. Mark Orton, welcome to Film School. Uh, Thanks for having me in. Thank you. Uh, And uh, just, uh, first of all, a wonderful film. Um, Really uh, a terrific uh, performance on the part of Bruce Dern and Will Forte. Um, Just uh, who knew about Will as a dramatic actor, (laughs) but uh, terrific, terrific work. uh, And the film and the music is just wonderful. This is my kind of music. I I love this sound. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to this project, working with Alexander Payne and um, we'll get into a little bit about how you work together. And, but tell us a little bit how you got into uh, working with Alexander Payne on Nebraska. Uh, well, you know, I, I came in really early on to the project. Um, and really how I came into the project is, is kind of how I came into film scoring to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was several, several tracks from, from my group Tin Hat that were in, early, in an early cut of the film, in the temp score of an early cut of the film, and uh, my agent down there let me know that some of my stuff was in play. And uh, I got in touch with the music editor, Richard Ford, who actually ended up being the score producer. He's a great musician himself. Um, he's worked on all of Alexander's films and Argo, Zero Dark Thirty, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Muppets. <laughs> anyway, he's a great... He was a, he was kind of my partner through this. But he, we got in touch. I... I sent a bunch of material his way, including stuff from some previous soundtracks like Sweetland. Um, and then I, uh, uh, we sort of at the end of this process of back and forth, me sending him demo stuff, instead of just having two tracks in there, 27 out of the 28 tracks accused in the film were mine, and the 28th was by my bandmate Rob Berger from Tin Hat Trio. Wow. So well- it was very much... Was, uh, my stuff in the score. What was yeah. uh, so knowing that it was part of this kind of temp track that uh, that apparently filmmakers. This is something a bit new to me. I'm not uh, familiar with the the ways of composing and film scoring, but uh, mm. that they use sort of a temporary track of, of music so until they decide on what they're going to end up with. Uh, in this, well, it's it's as much it's as much for editing as anything. Oh, I mean, if it, you okay. if you watch a Hobbit walk through the woods for three minutes with no music. Everyone in the theater is fast asleep. But, yeah. you know, the editor is going to make decisions based on that, that unless they're cutting with music. There there are some editors that don't cut with music, um, mm. but 
by and large they do and um so it's very you know it's very common to have music in early cuts of the film well knowing okay so and so you you talk to um I'm sorry for his name again. You said uh, uh, Richard Richard Ford. Richard Ford. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it was was this a, a matter of uh, was there a little bit of lobbying on your part in this conversation? Hey, uh, you like what you've heard so far? There's more where that came from, or was it just something? That... Um, I didn't have to lobby with Richard Ford. He was already a big fan of mine. Okay. If anything, any lobbying that might have been happening was was happening. <laughs> Between Richard and the rest of the kind of core team of Alexanders. Okay. Um, you know, at this at this point in the film, Ralph Kent, who works has worked on, I think five out of six of his other films, or six out of seven, uh, I guess, um, counting the short, um, was already hired on to the project. Mm-hmm. But but it was going to Cannes, you know, and the festival version of the cut was going to be with my music, and so um, at that point uh, they they did bring me on to to. You know, to sort of cut stuff to picture, and um, to cut stuff to picture, and to re-record a little bit of it, and also to um, to write a couple of new cues. That, but that was just for the can cut. And the understanding was that after that, actually, that Rolf would take over. And at that point, I was just thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll get some additional music credit, or you know, do a little bit of work with Rolf or something like that. So. Uh, it's they after the Cannes premiere at that point, you know they have this term where directors fall in love with temp scores called temp love, and uh, <laughs> this was a case of temp love. So Alexander really felt like this was the score for the film, and so then they brought me on to to write a bunch of new music and uh, and to also um uh, you know record some of the stuff that had been in there you know more to picture. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, well, it's okay. You you sort of answered the qu- the question I sort of started to ask earlier, which was, uh, where in the process uh, I'm finding out through uh, these doing a few interviews with com- film composers, and that uh, it varies from composer. I'm sorry, it varies from film director to film director as to when someone is brought in to start working on the music and start scoring the film. Uh, it That's sounds like you got yeah. you got into this process. The film was. Almost, I mean, it was finished essentially, but as you just—it wasn't—it wasn't a locked cut, but it was. Yeah, it was close to finished by the time I I I came in. As opposed to other projects, I I was brought onto a project once. Actually, the project that some of this music is 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 brought in from the movie Sweetland. Mm-hmm. I was brought in when the when the um when the cut was wasn't really assembled yet. I think there was first thing I saw was over six hours of footage. So I was brought on really early on then and. Brought in really early on then, rather, and I, I, um, it was actually, it's, it's an interesting, it, I think there are advantages and disadvantages to both versions of it as a composer because you can, um, it could be, it can be dangerous in a way to see a film that's not complete and to work on scenes that are on the chopping block and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's a, that's, that, that comes with its own pitfalls, um, the converse is can be worse if you only have a month or three weeks or two weeks to do the score because you've been brought on so late in the process and they're running against deadlines or or right. festivals. Right. Well. Well. Again, I mean, I, I've I've now sp- spoken with composers who were literally on set watching them film in in mm-hmm. in ways so they they had sort of the vibe from the director directly yep. from the director and uh, again what you're saying was y- you can get 
so immersed in writing for something or a scene and it ends up not being used at all and it can I'm sure it can kind of throw off a balance that you're trying to strike in 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 doing these kinds of things um but uh every, but it does seem that this this relationship between and you can tell me uh, if this is correct relationship between a director and and someone writing the music uh is very important simply because you are as someone said to me earlier, there's the coloring book. You're you're part of the you're part of the palette of of colors being used in putting a film together. A, an important part of that palette, and that can be critical to uh, to the overall success. And is that sure? Yeah, uh, you know. um, yeah. Like any of the other key elements, it can it can make or break. It can sink a film if it's done wrong. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and certainly the relationship with the director. I mean, you're you're very much serving their vision. You're making their film. You're not making your film. Well, are, are they, as in the case of Alexander uh, Payne, are, are, is he telling you a certain, as he said, I want a, this kind of a mood, or, or and having heard so much of your music, does he just trust your, your instincts? What is, what's that sort of... Well, there, there's, less of a guess, there's less of any kind of guessing game or dealing with subjective term, terminology and trying to translate it into musical terms. Um, yeah with Alexander because, yeah, we had this kind of starting palette yeah. of the music that he had chosen, but also he's a musician himself. He's uh, it's a background playing piano and cello, and, we, you know, he, he worked, um, he was very, we were very kind of, he was very hands-on with the score, actually. He, you know, we were the only director I've ever worked with where we actually sat at the piano humming melodies together. I mean, it's, oh. he, he's, um, he's a musical person, and he knew very much what he wanted. Also, he's, um, he's, it, I mean, it, actually, you know, for all the Americana influence and, you know, that's in my playing and in my band's history, um, the core ensemble is violin, guitar, and accordion. And I'd say we owe as much to, you know, like Nuevo Tango stuff and yeah. Eastern European folk stuff. And, and you know, we're all, we're all new music people. You know, we went to conservatories and studied, you know, modern composition, uh, now my my dad was a conductor, super into American music, Ives and Ruggles and yeah. Copeland and whatever. So I mean, all that stuff is in there. And and Alexander really, um, he didn't want an overt kind of Americana. He wasn't looking for a kind of like slide guitar, like a Ry Cooter score, or like a right. you know, like Paris, Texas, or something. Right. And anytime we veered to Americana, he would say, No, no, that's really that's not what I'm looking for. He early on actually he described it as. He was kind of look, he was looking for Italian cinema on the plains. Okay. That's the way he described it, um, and I think that's why the accordion figures in as much as it does. Um, you know, he loves he loves Nina Rota too, and I just think uh, yeah, you know that that was as much an element as anything else. I mean, obviously there's definitely an American quality to what's happening there, and it would be yeah, it wasn't it wasn't to play purely against that, but. Yeah, and you you reminded me of this description. It's sort of this uh, Davajka sound, a little bit of that, a little bit of Beirut. There's there th- this elements of that when you describe sort of Eastern European sound music. Uh-huh. Right, it reminds right. me of that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. um, no, it's just terrific. It's a it, it, um, tell me a little bit about your introduction into the world of composing for film. I mean, coming out of uh, working in Tin Hat, which is a uh, um, how long is that group? Uh, how have they been together for? How long? Well, we um, we're all childhood friends. Actually, the three of us we moved cross country together after all going to different wow. different schools. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we settled in the Bay Area, and we 
our first record came out in 1999 or two. Yeah, 99, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done seven since. We were a trio for a long time and uh, eventually became a quartet, and now we've got a kind of umbrella, usually playing as, of course, some these days. Um, but there's five or six of us that are that are kind of under that umbrella. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, so in terms of getting into film scoring, um, you know, I did a little bit of it in college. I worked on some animations, uh, some short films, um, and then I, uh, when I got out of school, I did a little bit more of it, but it was much more in the experimental world. I was working in, I was working at the Knitting Factory in New York as an engineer, actually, mm-hmm. um, and was hanging out in that scene, in the kind of avant scene in, in you know, Lower East Side Manhattan, so working much more in, in experimental stuff. And then um, the, Miguel Arteta, who, who we had mutual friends, the director of The Good Girl, a bunch of other films as well, um, got in touch with me for The Good Girl, and I did some scoring for that. That was my first feature. That's about that same time I did my first documentary, which is The Real Dirt on Farmer John. Yeah, we had... And, um, and that got... That stuck around for a while. And um, and then after that, yeah, I just... I uh, I split my time initially between, you know, doing modern dance work, doing commissioned work for, you know, classical groups and doing film scoring. Um, but then over time, it just... Film scoring um, took off for me. Um, but it, as as I was saying earlier, I came into it very much by through the licensing route, where you know my stuff was getting licensed, and we uh, the, the director would get in touch and ask if they could license a couple of my tracks for their film, mm-hmm. and then the you know my manager or me, if I'm talking to them directly, would say, "Hey, I'm happy to write some more for it." Um, it wasn't that I took a more traditional Hollywood route of, you know, uh, apprenticing for a composer and kind of working my way up the uh, food chain that way. I, I came in, you know, while keeping my band going and yeah. um, through this, this other way. So. And that does seem to be a, a theme I'm hearing from uh, other composers, uh, is that there's there's usually a mentor ment- mentoring relationship uh uh, that that comes into play. This is yeah. It sounds like a, a different ta- uh, track that you're you've been on. Um, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Mark Orton. He is the uh, composer for the film Nebraska, as well as a number of other wonderful films, documentaries like uh, Buck um, and uh, Real Dirt on Farmer John. Also, we mentioned. You know, I should say about Buck, um, and it's the case with the feature. Everything is illuminated as well. I wrote some. I wrote some music for it, um, oh, but there is okay. another composer on Buck. Okay. Um, there's another composer on everything is illuminated. Okay. Um, so okay. we, yeah, anyway. Thank you for clearing that because I know that yes. does, I've done that, I made that mistake before where I, I, it, it says you're listed, but it doesn't break it down by you performed, you performed on some of the music, not, not as yeah. a, a, a yeah, that's designated right. composer. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, I wrote, if I write a couple of themes for something, it's more of an additional music credit, okay. um, rather than a composing credit or a licensing. Uh, tell, anyway. tell you were talking about your your. By the way, if people want to find out more about uh, Tin Hat, tell tell mm-hmm. us how uh, the listener how we can uh, a site for a Tin Hat or for for you and yeah specific. yeah for both. Um, there's stuff on my site which is just Mark with a K Orton O R T O N Music dot com Mark Orton Music dot com and then there's also Tin Hat dot org. 
Okay. Uh, plenty of information about both of those places. Well, I'll post those as well to the yeah. to the site. And um, oh, good. And then tell me, you mentioned uh, you know Knitting Factory. I don't know what happened to them. That was such a cool little uh, vibe uh, coming out of the club that was in Los Angeles as well. Sort of seems mm. to have faded. But uh, tell me a little bit about your influences, people that have in as you've gone uh, grown up in in the world of music, uh, sort of uh, touchstone people for you. Well, as I mentioned, my you know my dad's a conductor, yeah, right, so right. I mean, certainly first and foremost, um, he's an influence. Um, he, I grew up in Stony Brook, uh, out on Long Island in New York. He was a professor and conductor in New York, and he worked with all kinds of folks, Hindemith and Mio, and uh, he he was a real champion of early American music. Actually, mm-hmm. did choral works of you know first composers going back to sixteen, seventeen hundreds. Also. Um, modern American music. Um, at the same time, I had a brother that was eight years older than me that was bringing me to see Led Zeppelin and Elton John and all kinds of stuff when I was a little kid. Okay. <laughs> so that stuff was certainly as big of an influence. And at the same time, I was studying with some people that were getting me into folk music, my mom into Patsy Cline, um, <laughs> getting into Americana stuff. So it was, I, you know, I had a really broad range of um of influences and then when i was i i was lucky enough there's a great composer composition teacher in my hometown in stony brook who he actually taught um i don't know if you've ever had him on but he also marco beltrami uh a big film composer there um he taught marco as well who's a few years older than me but he had he i started studying composition when i was in um just entering high school so with him his name's danny deutsch and he he knew as much about Elliot Carter and Hen Vabern and um, you know Ligeti as he did about Hendrix as he did about Sela and as he did about you know gypsy music and yeah. we, you know he he was a great influence on me he got me into all kinds of stuff so um, and then after that yeah I got this job at the Knitting Factory as an engineer which is really fun um, mixing a lot of groups that I was already really into this is when I was just out of college. Um, waiting for the other members of Tin Hat to graduate. They were a couple years younger than me. Uh-huh. So I toured with a lot of those artists as an engineer in my early 20s. Uh, Bill Frizzell, John Zorn, oh, wow. the Lounge Lizards, oh. uh, you know, John Lurie, um, a, a whole bunch of those folks that I was already a big fan of. So for me, it was, you know, I got to see the concerts and hear them the way that I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, was it that... was really fun. And see Europe and Japan and Australia. And, what a wonderful um, lineup so, of people. To... So that was fun, yeah. but it was, you know, but honestly, um, it does play into why I got into film scoring because I was traveling six to eight months out of the year. <laughs> and then um, when my own band got signed, you know, I'd already been on the road a lot and uh, we took off. And because, you know, for all our Americana, we were, we were pretty, we're pretty, we get pretty out. We, we improvised into some dissonant stuff, you know, yeah. and, so we're bigger in, in Europe, uh, played more over there. I was already kind of burnt on touring, to be honest, yeah. um, much more so now that I have a family as well. And so I, I was doing more, looking to do more commissioning, commissioned work and working with dance companies and, and also film. And uh, that's kind of, yeah, I, I steered my career this direction for, for that reason as well. well you know, I, I feel like, you know, my music, I've always written thematic music and and my stuff has been licensed into film for a long time it's what i naturally do i mean it's not that i'm not writing trying to write 
the next great quartet or whatever. But but at the same time, you know, this is this has been part of my musical personality, and um, it fits very well into the film. It, it feels very natural for me. So, um, and having the engineering background, and I'm also an arranger. Um, I've done a lot of arranging with with pop artists, strings, and um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I, I kind of have the skill set, the requisite skill set, um, to to do it all. And, and also, because I'm a multi instrumentalist, I can do a lot of it myself. So, I mean, this is why I've worked on doc and on indie scores. I feel like pretty successfully because I'm able to do it organically. My wife is a violinist as well. Yeah. Um, she's playing on much of Nebraska, um, yeah. and uh, as well as members of Tim So, yeah. um, she played on the Sweet Lamb score as well. Um, so. Yeah. Anyway, no, it's terrific. It just it, it's the, the the full component parts here for uh, for soundtrack love of music. Obviously, the range of music that you're you're drawn to and have embraced is uh, remarkable. And you know, I'm always taken by musicians when I talk to them that how um, the love of music, how it and and when they pursue it, how it takes them to these through these amazing adventures um, and and to places that they just uh, imagine. Are fantastical in some ways to have been able to do all the stuff you've done. Um, I'm just real quick uh, before uh, we'll run a little bit short on time here. Um, you, you're speaking of someone who plays more modern music, but has an Americana uh, influence. Uh, to me, I don't know if Laurie Anderson ever crossed your radar as far as uh, an influence or not, but it always strikes yeah. me that she doesn't quite get the 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 run. Maybe she does, but I don't feel like she gets the run that that she deserves for bridging some of that that sort of American story with a, a very modern, uh, forward-thinking kind of music. Uh, is that- yeah, yeah, I was a big I was a big fan of hers certainly in school, and actually, I did run into her at the Knitting Factory. Um, got to mix her some Rob Berger, who is the person that I was saying had that the 28th out of the 28 tracks in Nebraska, who is yeah. bandmate, and we grew up together, um, plays with her on a regular basis. He's a accordionist and yeah. multi-instrumentalist, works with her a lot. I'm a big fan of what she does, and I agree that, um, I mean, I think, you know, I think she covers all kinds of bases in terms of bridging music, not just Americana, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, uh, I, I, I hope that she gets the credit that she's due. Yeah, I mean, she's just sort of faded out in terms of uh, national attention or in, or more of a you know, more popularity, if you will. But I just uh, I I happen to see the uh, the U.S. Uh, concert, the the U.S. Oh, yeah. part one through five, um, and I was just completely blown away by it. And yeah, still in yeah, this yeah, day. Yeah. So well, anyway, no, I, I just it's a it's a terrific uh, film. Uh, Nebraska is a wonderful film. Uh, Bruce Stern is just amazing. Uh, the acting is superb. It's a great storyline, and uh, and the music is is uh, excellent. I just enjoyed it so much, and I'm and uh, I, congratulations on that. I know you. In addition to Nebraska being out right now, you have a couple of films that are uh, in the pipeline. Redemption Trail looks like it's coming out soon, and Drunk Town's Finest is also. Uh, That's premiering at Sundance, yeah. and I actually am doing. Um, I had an Italian film uh, since Nebraska called The Chair of Happiness. Okay, that's uh, come out. I also am doing a film with um, Kevin Klein and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, Maggie Smith. It's a BBC Films thing called My Old Lady. Israel Horowitz is directing. Okay, and I'm doing another uh, movie called Big Significant Things uh, with Harry Lloyd of uh, Game of Thrones fame. It's a kind of southern uh, road movie. 
Well, we'll give so, it lots of stuff. Okay, give us so go to your website. We can pretty much track down all of uh, the the music that you are uh, responsible for. At Mark Orton. Yep, MarkOrtonMusic.com. Music.com, MarkOrtonMusic.com, and that's M-A-R-K-O-R-T-O-N. Um, well, thank you, Mark, so much for being here. All the uh, the best to you and the success of Nebraska, and uh, I know it's on the list of films considered for an Academy Award consideration, so we'll yeah. keep my fingers crossed on that one, too. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Okay. So long. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 